friends to the That's Ball Folks podcast presented by Beehive Turf. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. Welcome to episode number two with special guests Connor and Ryan, a.k.a. Three Cone and Ninja Bands on Twitter. I am super stoked. This is the first episode with guests, and I couldn't possibly think of two better guys. Feels like I've known these dudes for forever. Um, we dive into some awesome topics, go over the Sixers, the Thunder, and dive into some fun stuff. Can't wait to get to that. Before we do so, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, Tuesday evening. What a what a last couple days the NBA has had. It has been very interesting, starting with the coach press conferences. You got Quinn Snyder's in Utah, Pat Riley's. Pat Riley, I can't wait to dive into that. Pat Riley's end of the season uh, press conference in Miami. And then, of course, new Lakers coach Darvin Ham. I want to start with Quinn Snyder in Utah. I watched the whole thing. The way that the Jazz spun this was that they were waiting on a decision for Quinn Snyder, whether he was going to return to the team or not. He has one year left on his deal. So it was ultimately, and it felt as if he was trying to decide. However, after watching the press conference, it almost seemed like he was maybe forced out a little bit. He was so overly emotional, and I get it. He spent a lot of time there, last eight or nine years. That's a long time. I get that. I get being emotional about that. But it almost it seemed weird. It seemed strange. Danny Ainge even mentioned and said that he wanted Quinn Snyder's thoughts on a replacement coach and that he was very confident Quinn Snyder was going to be coaching somewhere else this season. I don't know. It, it felt weird. Regardless, I think this is a huge loss for the Jazz. I love Quinn Snyder. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. I genuinely do. I would do unspeakable things to have Quinn Snyder as the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. And yes, I, I know I covered this in episode one. I am going to almost bring, uh, I'll try not to bring everything back, but the Sixers obviously being my team are at the top of my mind. I love Quinn Snyder. Absolutely love him. Would love him to be in Philadelphia. I think this is a huge loss for Utah. I wish that they would have kept him or convinced him to come back, whatever the reasoning was there, and thrown a wrench in things. There have been rumors that have leaked just today even of a Rudy Gobert to the Chicago Bulls trade for some type of package with Vucevic, which I don't love Vucevic, but I, it's just it's going to get really, really interesting, especially with Donovan Mitchell and the report that came out after Quinn Snyder announced he was going to step down where he was unsure if if he wants to remain in Utah, unclear of his future in Utah. Then, to add on to that, Donovan Mitchell's mom is out here retweeting things and rumors from weird NBA accounts that aren't verified saying that he isn't happy in Utah, he doesn't want to be in Utah. All weird. I do not envy my friends who are Utah Jazz fans this offseason. It is going to be very... It, it's going to be a headache and honestly kind of scary every single day because I genuinely don't know what direction they're going to head in. I mentioned it last episode. If it's me, I trade Rudy Gobert. I find a way to get somebody like Miles Turner on the Jazz. If you can add another offensive weapon as well, great, do it. If you can work out some trade to land Brogdon and Miles Turner in Utah, do it. Absolutely do it. I would love that. I think that would be a home run off season for the Jazz. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's going to be very, very interesting. And I, again, I feel bad for my jazz friends, but my thoughts and prayers are with you because you need them. Let's dive into Pat Riley. Pat Riley was on fire. No pun intended with the heat. Let's just, let's read some of his quotes. Essentially, we'll just start from the top. He called Bam, added a bio out for being an offensive liability, which I think is fair. But then he went on to say that Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero owe Bam half of their paychecks for getting them open all the time. When asked by a reporter if he has thoughts of retiring soon, he randomly said that he can do more push-ups as a 77-year-old than any, anybody else in the room, which is awesome. He basically called Kyle Lowry fat, said that he wasn't in shape, wasn't in good shape. Let's be fair. We know Kyle Lowry is banged up. We He was a shell of himself, the tiniest little fraction of himself in the playoffs. He made them worse while he was on the court. The Miami Heat were a better team when Kyle Lowry wasn't in the lineup, and I said that during the Sixers series. The games when he played, I was so pumped because I knew we had an advantage. The games where he sat, I was bummed because they played better. He also said that Tyler Hero just, this is a fair quote, said that he if he wants a starting spot, he needs to show up and prove it in camp. I agree. I think that's great. But the crown jewel, the all time, maybe one of the all-time greatest quotes ever in NBA press conference history, a reporter asked him about running. <laughs> he asked him about his thoughts on running it back next year with the same squad. I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to play the clip. This is exactly word for word what Pat Riley said. And uh, I'll even add the question. And I cannot believe it. When you're trying to decide of whether to run it back or if a team needs changes to kind of invigorate the roster, what type of factors go into that type of decision? I run it back with my wife every week. So, you know. <laughs> um, what does that mean? What does he mean? What? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> what in the world? Pat Riley, you dog. Oh, amazing. That was the that was the crown jewel, like I said. I cannot believe it. So Pat Riley really ending his press conference with quite the literal bang. Best clip ever. Can't believe it. The Heat, I'm curious what the Heat are going to do this offseason too. I tweeted it, and I firmly believe and stand by it. That team giving minutes to Gabe Vincent and Max Struess had no chance of making a title run. And I can say that as a bitter Sixers fan who the Heat knocked out. With Duncan Robinson's outrageous contract and Struess and Vincent getting like actual meaningful starting minutes with an injured, overweight Kyle Lowry, they had no chance. No chance. Come for me in my mentions if you want, Heat fans, but I'm just being real. No shot. So, uh, yeah, amazing press conference. Pat Riley just delivering. That leads us to Darvin Ham and the Lakers, uh, his introductory press conference, which I thought he did a phenomenal job at. He mentioned something that he accidentally got shot in the face in the late 80s, and that allows him to not have any fear. That was crazy. I didn't know that. And he also, people are crushing Russell Westbrook for being at the press conference. Let me just say this. A player, a starting point guard, and a future Hall of Famer is at the introductory press conference of his new head coach. What on earth is there to be mad about? He was there supporting him. That's exactly what you want from him. He was standing in the background. 
smiling, was genuinely happy for him. No problems with that at all. What I do have problems with is the roster that the Lakers have. You want to dive into the actual issues, the things that are really important. Let's look at their roster. The Lakers' issue is that they constructed a roster of players who were good five to six years ago. That's their problem. They have Mr. Glass starting, but not starting because he never plays, Anthony Davis for them down low. That is their issue. Here's a hot take. I don't, I don't like to have a lot of hot takes here. Maybe is the hottest take you want to hear. I think Anthony Davis is the most overrated player in the NBA. I genuinely do. When you think of Anthony Davis, do you? Well, I do at least. I think of a big guy who can't stay healthy, who doesn't really play down low, blocks shots, hits outside shots. Do you think that? What do you think of when you hear Anthony Davis? I think of a guy who can shoot from the outside. Do you know what he shot from the three-point line last year? Granted, he only played 40 games because he can't stay healthy. He shot 18%. 18.6% from the three-point line. The season before that, he only played 36 games because he can't stay healthy. He shot 26% from the three-point line. What on earth? What, what are we thinking? In Let's compare it here. When you think Giannis, you think a guy who can't shoot from the outside. Guess what Giannis shot from three this year? 29.3%. This season prior, 30%. The season before that, 30%. What are, like, what are we doing? That uh, The Lakers have so many issues that nobody should be focused for one second on Russell Westbrook being at the press conference of his new head coach. I think that is so insane. Their issue is that they're all old and that they can't stay healthy. That's the issue. Stop overrating your own players like Horton Tucker and treating them as if they're this untouchable being like Ja Morant or Aunt Edwards. What are you doing? What are you doing? I, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to have a rich history and tradition of winning championships in the NBA. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like kind of having those outrageous expectations. I feel like I have high expectations as a Sixers fan. But Lakers fans are nuts, man. I just I remember that whole offseason of everybody talking about Horton Tucker like he is the next best thing, like God's gift to the earth. The LeBron, a mini LeBron. Nobody said that, but that's it. basically how people were treating him. I don't know. I don't know. I love Melo. Old as hell. Just... <laughs> That's that's the issue. So if you're going to be upset about something, be upset about that. Be upset about how your roster is constructed. Insane. And speaking about being upset, this leads right into another little topic I wanted to talk about. People are crushing Jason Tatum for his friendship and how he's handling things with this whole Kobe Bryant deal. He put on Instagram a text, a screenshot of a text that he sent Kobe's phone after the game that said, I got you today, or before the game, that said, I got you today. People kind of, they thought it was cool, at least to start. He wore a purple number 24 armband in game seven against Miami. I thought that was cool. It's a cool gesture. And then uh, a couple days ago, somebody tweeted a picture of Tatum wearing, they said, the exact same outfit as Kobe Bryant in his Celtics pre-draft workout. And we're crushing him for it and saying that this is cringy and it's uncomfortable. 
It's like, okay, first of all, he plays for the Celtics, and it didn't look at all like the same outfit. And guess if it was, who cares? Who cares? He was his idol. He was his boy. He looks up to him. He probably misses him way more than anybody in the media even can comprehend. So if he's shooting texts off to a phone number that doesn't get through anymore and says, I got you today, let him. If he wants to wear a purple armband, let him. If he wants to, heaven forbid, dress up exactly like him and wear the exact same outfit, let him. People just love to crush people, man. It's just it's a negative world. Everybody focuses on all the negative. The dude's mentor and friend died, and he's trying to pay him homage. Like, just chill out. That's all. Just chill out. Let him do him. That's it. He's in the NBA Finals. He's a freak of nature. He's young as can be. Let him do his thing. That's it. That's it. I'm I'm back on my positivity train. I just I had to get that out of the way because that was really really bugging me. I didn't like that people were treating him like that. Anyway, without further ado, let's jump right to it. Uh, dive into my conversation with Connor and Ryan. Uh, let's go. are here with my two guys ryan and connor the legends on social media you may know them as three cone and ninja bands um otherwise known as just two straight up good dudes ryan connor how's it going uh, josh connor it's great to be here you know i had work got a little pre-podcast pump in ate some chicken pesto pasta and now i'm here to talk hoop with two of my favorite people so could not be any better i love it connor how about yourself uh, doing good, man. I did not get a pump. I had a cookie <laughs> and a half right before this. Um, and I've been sitting around pretty much all day. So, you know, just when, when there's not basketball on, not much to do. I feel you there. The two ends of the spectrum, you guys, the pump and the, and the cookie eater. And I relate <laughs> to both of you. <laughs> Incredible. Well, truly, I, I know I've told you guys this a million times, but it is a straight up honor to have you guys on the podcast. Uh, my very first guest on the podcast, which is exactly what I wanted. So when you guys said yes, when I reached out, I was beyond thrilled. But truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for joining. It's like Glad I told to be you before we started recording. We had absolutely no hesitation when you reached out. I'm so excited to talk some hoops and, you know, get into the nitty gritty of why we hate our franchise and why Connor's <laughs> franchise is on the come up. <laughs> True that. Well, let's dive. Let's dive right into it. Before we do, though, I have to ask, what is the story behind your guys' Twitter handles? I don't want you to go ahead and start. All right. Uh, so like Josh said, my name's Connor, uh, C-O-N-N-O-R. Uh, but in high school, uh, in like 10th grade, I met like my like my friends uh, that I had throughout like the rest of high school that I'm still friends with now. Um, and one of my friends, Troy, shout out to Troy. Uh, he, for some reason, could not spell my name right and typed it as C-O-N-E-R a lot. <laughs> um, I still don't understand why, um, but eventually that kind of just got shortened to cone. And so people like half the people in my life kind of just call me cone on the regular at this point. Um, and so that kind of stuck for a while. And then the three came from, uh, this basketball team I made with my friends, my friend, Caleb, whenever I'd make a three, he would yell three cone, like at the top of his lungs. Uh, and it was hilarious. So, uh, that's the story of that. And then the underscores, cause there's someone that has as the Twitter handle three cone that hasn't tweeted in like three years oh, uh, damn currently that. sitting on Twitter. Yep. So 
got the underscore in the middle uh because of that but if it was if it was up to me there wouldn't be one but you know now it's become part of the identity so uh i guess we'll just have to go with it until one day i can steal that one back that's amazing incredible ryan what about yourself man <clears throat> so i think connor forgot to mention this but this kind of holds true to both of us the origin of our account started so a summer job that we had as like undergrads in college and connor you know a little bit in high school is we worked at a parking lot at the beach so essentially cars come in they give us money we give them parking passes you know very boring monotonous job and so we just needed something to kill the time and my friend matt and i had just seen these accounts on twitter just kind of like talk the most random shit nonstop, and we're like you know we could be we could do that we could be funny we could post stats and stuff so Eventually, we just all made accounts. Connor already had the three cone account just kind of sitting there as a little burner. So he just kind of picked that up. And then we just kind of picked one of our favorite players at the time that we thought was funny. You know, I didn't want to go like Joel and Beater Ben Simmons. Like, that was so basic. So I just threw on a Mike Scott profile picture because he was kind of, that was kind of when he was, you know, oh, king yeah. of the hive, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he also is a, a local guy. So I kind of had ties with that. And he went to my college. So, you know. There's a little bit of a connection there, along with the fact that I just he was kind of fun. You know, it's cool having a dog on your team. I, I think we could say he was a pretty good dog when he was here for the most part. I but, miss uh, I miss having a dog like him so bad, dude. His drop off. His drop off was so sad. Don't worry. When we when we talk about Sixers offseason needs, we'll have plenty of dog talk. So we'll get there. Good. But um, yeah. So and if my at was at first was just Ninja Scott season, you know, super basic. And I was like, you know, I'm a grown man. I should maybe make my make this a little bit more. Uh, less child sounding so i switched to ninja bands just because that was kind of like the inspiration was like when the whole nba craze is going around with the headbands you know like jimmy uh one i can i can very visually see is jared allen he had the giant fro oh, yeah. and i always thought that was so funny yep. and then even like i have one of those and like when we play basketball with our friends and stuff i'll still wear it to you know mess around so <laughs> i just think it's i just think it's hilarious and i still couldn't believe at the time the at wasn't taken so that was kind of it. And then I started off in like NBA Twitter and then I got friends with a lot of people from Sixers Twitter and then the rest was history. I love it. You, you mentioned Mike Scott uh, is kind of a local guy. So you guys are based out of Virginia, correct? Yep. Southeast okay. Virginia. Okay, fantastic. So I have to ask, how did you guys become fans of the Sixers? And Connor, how did you, how on earth did you become a fan of the Thunder? Yeah, Connor. Connor's a funny. Connor's a pretty cool story about that. So I think he should go first. All right. Um, so our family's kind of been a baseball family for most of our lives. Um, grew up Yankees fans because of our dad, um, who lived up north when he was younger and became a fan of them. Uh, so really, it was just kind of baseball. And then I think it was like twenty. It was like early 2010s. I started to. So this is this was when I was like 11. Um, I was, I watched like a ton of like Minecraft videos, like all 11 year olds do. Um, and, uh, this one guy that I watched started making NBA 2k videos and I was what like, oh, switch. yeah, I was like, oh, this, like, this looks kind of fun. Um, and so one day I went to GameStop and I bought NBA 2k, I think it was 2k 13 or 14. Um, and I was like, wow, this is so fun. Started getting into basketball, started watching basketball and just kind of watching games, uh, eventually watched thunder games and i kind of liked the team and mainly i liked russell westbrook a lot 
mm-hmm. you know, just playing with that fire, playing 110% all the time and stuff like that. And so because of him, I started to fall in love with basketball, started following the thunder. And because of him, I have uh, years of heartbreak that have led to the point that I'm at now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like that viral tweet that's been going around, like guys choose a sports team when they're like 12 or 13 and they let it give them heartbreak for the rest <laughs> yeah, of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so that was kind of the story of it. That is awesome. That, that's incredible. And truly, I told you this before we started recording, but you're the only Thunder fan I know. And I say that proudly. So uh-huh. anything that goes on, I from now on, I'll be hitting you up and getting your thoughts because yeah, you you guys, we'll talk about this later, but you guys are actually headed in the right direction and have a lot of things going for you, which is, I can speak for Ryan and myself as Sixers fans who went through the process years. I can't tell you how jealous I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities. So I'm kind of just, you know, strapped in for the ride. Uh, it's my first time going through a rebuild. So it's been uh, very different, you know, rooting for losses at times. And uh, the lottery stress is something that I don't think I ever could have imagined <laughs> yeah, uh, up until these yeah. past two years. And then very different sides of it last year, ending up with pick six and then uh, pick two this year. So I love it. Yeah. The, the, I'm not just saying this, the lottery years were kind of looking back. Some of my very favorite, I don't, Ryan, would you agree? Well, I'll get into that when uh, I start talking about how I got into my fandom, but uh, yes, please, yeah. please. So real quick, before I do that, I do want to say that one thing that I, I mean, I don't wish it happened because I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but when Connor got 2k, whatever it was, 13 or 14, his first, what was your, my team, Connor it was the Timberwolves, correct? Yeah, my career I ended up on the I ended up on the Timberwolves. Yeah. So, so Connor and I shared a room back when we were younger. And I vividly remember Connor running my player nonstop with the Timberwolves. It was him, Rubio, Pekovic, Ke- Fat Kevin Love. <laughs> yes, sir. We, we were we had Corey Brewer. We were a super Corey team. Brewer. We're going crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I really for the longest time thought Connor was gonna end up a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. So I'm just gonna say now that I'm so glad that's no kidding, up. dude. Man, that oh would have been a goodness. wild t- twist of events if I became a Timberwolves fan, man. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those count your blessings thing every night that that didn't work out the way it did. Yeah, but honestly, my my, my Sixers fan origin is kind of boring. Um, same, you know, as Connor was saying, we weren't really a basketball family, just mainly baseball. Uh, that's what Connor and I both played growing up as well and followed. But um, basically, it was a little bit after I got into basketball after Connor did. Like, I liked playing. I just didn't follow it professionally. I would mm-hmm. watch uh, college, you know, I'd watch March Madness like other people do. I just, but I didn't really have a rooting interest. But then yeah. eventually just all my friends were, had fans of teams. And I was like, you know, this is, this is some crap. I need to get in on this. I'm a big sports guy. I love sports. So I basically just kind of like looked at all the teams and then I, I would just look at Philly and they were just so freaking bad. And I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> so I am going to become a fan of this team and I'm just going to go for it. And I was only really a fan of the process team for one year. I will, I will say I didn't go through the whole entire process as other people did. Okay. Because I'm relatively new to, you know, and being an NBA fan. Yeah. But just I, thought, I just thought how bad they were was so funny. So basically how I, like, learned the players was I would play 2K with Connor. I just remember chucking up threes of Sergio Rodriguez nonstop. <laughs> it's just Tony Rowan is <laughs> so funny, man. This I was like, why are these players so freaking bad? Like every, <laughs> everyone on the team was so awful. That is incredible. <laughs> Casper Ware, Brandon Davies. Yep. Oh and Con- and Connor would just and Connor would just be random teams on 2K and like obviously like I'd never really played so he was gonna kick my butt regardless. But I was just like, dog, there's no way. There's gotta be someone on this team that's better. 
<laughs> it that, just wasn't the case. That is so incredible. That's but amazing. Yeah but, yeah, but essentially then I just, and then I, I thought the reason why too I got into it is because we had draft parties or we were going to have a draft party, you know, like all of my high school friends and Connor and I have a lot of similar friends because we're yeah. only a year and a half apart. Okay. We we're going to have a draft party. I'm like, I want a team to root for. So like I said, I looked at all the terrible teams. The Sixers were the worst. I was like, this is hilarious. Or, you know, relatively close. Like, no offense to Connor. I wanted a team that I could at least go see play if, you know, I got into them. Even though we did go to OKC, which was awesome. But yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. someone, you know, somewhat reasonable to go see. So I was like, you know what? Philly it is. And I have I not it. looked back. And I would argue that I'm just as, if not more, into the Sixers than I am into baseball, which was like my, my whole thing growing up. So I'm really okay. glad that that just random decision one day about a garbage basketball team led me to where I am today. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? Are you tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. I can say I can speak for all of Sixers fans who follow you on Twitter and we are grateful as well that it led you to this this terrible just headache nightmare of a franchise yeah <laughs> yep um I also think it says a ton about you that you didn't pick a winning team so both of you I claps to you guys I commend you both it would have been very easy to be like oh yeah no we're, let's be Warriors fans but nope you took you took the road less traveled so good work. Man, it would have been a lot less painful if I picked the Warriors, man. <laughs> yeah. I could tell you that. I don't know, man. They were would have been a whole different. I don't know. 2016 <laughs> would have been a whole different experience for me. <laughs> oh, incredible. Okay, I got to ask you this: Have you guys been to a Sixers Thunder game? So we've actually we've been to a couple, and I think the most memorable one was definitely. So we were driving up to Philly. It was Connor, my dad, and I, and. I think it was it was snowing that day. It was in January, so we want we went during our you know our college winter break, and it was just really tough to get there up to Philly. It was snowing the whole way, like I was saying, and we didn't get there till almost halfway through the second quarter. And you know we were just like we were pretty upset. We're like, man, we drove all this way. We have really nice seats, and we're barely gonna see our teams play. Well, we got our money's worth because it came with the double or triple. I think it was double overtime, and. Uh, of course, Connor was getting heckled the whole entire time by Philly fans. I think oh, I remember yeah. I remember Connor caught a t-shirt like from like the six, you know, the six t-shirt toss and he was getting yeah, yeah. booed and people were cursing <laughs> him out that he got the shirt. I, Connor, I, I, Connor, I, that's, I, I immediately that, gave it to a kid. I would like to put it out there. There was this like <laughs> kid over by us. I gave it to them. Um, I was walking on the concourse. And there was a dude who hit me with an F you because uh, I was wearing a Thunder jersey. Uh-huh. I think I was probably like, what, like six. I was probably like 17 at the time. It was like yep. a 30 year old dude. And, you know, th- that's that's the Philly experience. It's kind of it, what I was hoping for when I went there. OK, um, that's what I was going to ask you, because when you show up into the Wells Fargo Center wearing any opposing team, like I, I hope that you were prepared for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Walking okay. in wearing my Westbrook jersey. It's it's what I was expecting. So, you know, uh, I didn't. Uh, if anything, I took it as a symbol of love, a symbol of welcoming <laughs> to the environment. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if I've ever gotten more death stares than when Paul George hit the game winning uh, and won three. 
um because i was going crazy the whole crowd was silent other than me and like the 18 other okc fans across the country in philadelphia um it was they yeah i don't think i've i'm surprised i made it out of there in one piece to be honest i think everyone was just too defeated to uh heckle me at that point so um, i i was there and it i remember that game was brutal because it was the highest of highs when jimmy butler had that steal to tie it up schroeder they like trapped schroeder at half court and he threw just some terrible pass and Jimmy Butler stole it, laid it up to tie it. And right before Paul George hit the game winner. So it was like highest of highs when Jimmy had that steal, lowest of lows when he hit the buzzer beater. I think you're right. It was, everyone was too defeated to, to really and do I, anything. I vividly remember Connor's face too, after the Jimmy play, like he just lost all, like his soul was drained. Like <laughs> this team had been fighting for so long and he thought they were going to claw to victory. And then Jimmy had the steal. And then, I was like, it's not over. I think I remember saying, Connor, it's not over yet. And I remember Connor's like, no, this, this, this is totally over. And then Paul George <laughs> just bangs it. And he's like, oh, my gosh. He's going crazy. <laughs> well, he's going crazy. It's, you could have heard a pin drop. I think the whole entire stadium yeah. or arena heard him going crazy. I Now that I think of it, I heard one person scream. Little did I know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is too good. Okay. has So, I mean. The Sixers and Thunder really haven't played each other that much, but when Westbrook was on the Thunder, there was like a little mini rivalry. And, yeah, him and Embiid especially. Yeah, oh yeah, they hate each other. I'll never forget when uh, uh, Embiid it posterized him in OKC, kind of gave him the little look back, and yeah, that that was incredible. I'm assuming the Thunder Sixers didn't. I mean, they had their little rivalry. This didn't create a little rivalry between brothers, did it? Nah, we. Um. We're all it's all good fun for us. Good. Yeah. Good. I, I, I like Joel. I like Joel Embiid a lot. I'm a big fan of his. I think okay, his, um, the trolling on Twitter is hilarious. Uh, I think he's just one of the most fun personalities uh, in the league. So, yeah, if we were like if we had some been like Celtics and Sixers fans, then maybe there would have okay. been a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, one team being in Oklahoma, one being in Philadelphia, I think kind of separates that enough. Connor, um, I would have, I would have had to disown you if you became a Celtics fan. I'm sorry. That yeah. is, well, I would, I would have become one I first. So I would have disowned bro, you as, for being a Philly fans, fan. You can't, you can't be a Boston fan when they're Yankees fans. Nah, that, too. That's, that's a good point. Um, True that. True <laughs> that. I, I will say, uh, so in terms of football, uh, my dad uh, grew up a Cowboys fan because that was, those were like the only <laughs> games he got. Oh, um, no. Please tell me only... you guys aren't Cowboys fans. Well, I'm not. I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. So, yes, I'm a Yankees Cowboys Thunder fan, which probably <laughs> no one else is in this world. Um, but Ryan really likes Aaron Rodgers. And so Ryan okay. is like an Aaron Rodgers Packers fan. So I will say a lot more of a rivalry there. Uh, yes. Seeing Aaron Rodgers tear the Cowboys hearts out multiple times in the playoffs. Um, so a little bit more of one there. You know. Okay, I like that. My, I, I've got a really good friend who's a giant, giant uh, Packers fan as well. Shout out, Jake. Um, and yeah, so that that's great. The Cowboys, man. I'm sorry. Um, as a Birds fan, I just that that hurts a little bit, but that's hey, okay. It's all right, man. I understand. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you guys said, you got the right attitude. It's all in good fun. I like that. I wish more people were like that. Although I will say, it is fun to kind of when your emotions are tied to your sports teams as much as they are. It, it kind of is fun. Unless you just have unlimited heartbreak, then it's not as fun at all. Yeah, it's yeah, not part of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, let's dive into this. Connor, I'm going to fire this first question to you. We talked about it a little bit earlier. The Thunder are headed in a fantastic direction. Like, 
I, you guys have the second overall pick this year, correct? Yeah. Okay. So I want to know like, where, what do you want to see them do? Where do you want to see the thunder go? Cause clearly they're, I mean, I love SGA. Absolutely love him. Is he the dude that you think you guys build around there? He's been linked to trade rumors like the last couple of years, but is that just because you guys are a lottery team and the best player will always be linked to trade rumors? Where do you see them going? Where do you want them to go? Yeah. uh, In terms of the SGA trade rumors, I think it's a lot of people see really good player and they go, oh, we've got to free that guy um, when it's not really like that. Um, This has only been the second year that SGA hasn't made the playoffs in his career. And it's weird because a lot of people are like, oh, like the Thunder doing this, the Thunder doing that. But we haven't been the worst team in the league yet like we've been the fourth worst team both years which i will admit we've done some somewhat heinous things in the name of tanking towards the end of the year um (laughs) but like hey respect respect (laughs) hey you gotta do what you gotta do we got the second overall pick you know it was worth the 73 point loss to the grizzlies (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh just in terms of like um like people thinking like for some reason there was that narrative last year that we shut down shay because we were winning when uh, he had that foot injury, which also kept him out of the Olympics, um, yeah. plantar fasciitis. So um, just stuff like that. I think people don't really understand because they don't really pay attention to the Thunder that much and really don't understand what the the game plan is. Obviously, a billion first round picks, yep. um, which is exciting because there's a lot of different things you can do with picks. Um, but in terms of like the next few years, um, it really is just kind of, it's very dependent on uh, because there's obviously a bunch of different ways we could go. Like um, the fact that we have like over 25 draft picks in the next like few years. That is means so that, insane. <laughs> it means if like a superstar player becomes available, there's not a lot of teams that are going to have a better package than us. Yep. Um, so I think that we're just kind of biding our time right now, waiting for that to come up while also like letting Shea continue to get better. Dort, Giddy, uh, guys like Trey Mann, Darius Baisley, Poku, love me some Poku. Um, oh, yeah. Just young guys like that. And then, of course, this year, uh, second overall pick, I personally want Chet Holmgren out of this mm-hmm. draft. Um, I think he'd fit really well. I think people are way looking into his – I think they're way overlooked or, like, looking too hard into, oh, the whole weight, the frame thing. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, he showed against, uh, like, Jalen Duran, who is another center I really like in this draft class uh if we like get like a palo or jabari at two instead i'd love yeah. to get duran somehow in the draft that we have picked 12 as well so whether we have to trade up or he ends up there at 12 i'd love him at two um but against jalen duran in uh the tournament chet held his own completely so i'm not concerned really at all uh people say stuff like oh can he guard Embiid? can he guard Jokic?" like to be honest, no one in the league can guard those guys. Yeah, so yep. I'm not that concerned about a rookie trying to do that. Um, but yeah, just I think next year is going to be another year where, um, you know, still not going to be a playoff year. I think that uh, if we do kind of have a good draft, like I hope we do another year of uh, progression from the guys, maybe some better health, because we've had some weird injuries the past few years. We had three guys get surgery. Uh, this past year, including Sixers legend and Mike Muscala. Um, oh, Moose. The guy. I got a statue of him uh, next to Tyrese Maxey <laughs> yes, outside sir. Wells Fargo. Yes, yep. um, but uh, I think next year we could be kind of a borderline play-in team. And then I think 2023 is really, or I guess 2024 at that point, um, is really going to be the year that we kind of start to make our climb back up. 
Uh, at least that's kind of the way I'm envisioning it. So I'm in it for the long ride. I do think Shea is the guy. I am very biased, but I also think Shea has the potential to be a, like, I think Shea is going to be an all NBA guy fairly soon, as soon as we're successful. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I think he should have been an all-star. Uh, not this past year because he missed a lot of time and had kind of a bit of a slump. But uh, the year before, I'm, I love Mike Conley. Still a little salty that he got that spot <laughs> over Shea. I think Shea deserved it. Um, yeah. But all that to say, I'm feeling good about our direction. I think we've got a lot of promise going forward. And I'm just really excited. I think there's a lot of different ways Sam Preston can go with things. Um, and, you know, I, he, he met me. So that means he's got to be successful. I will say this Presti is one of the most impressive his just resume and track record of what he's done and the players that he's been able to bring to Oklahoma City of all places like that's that's unbelievable and now the fact that you guys are just sitting on a plethora of of draft picks which like you mentioned NBA teams treat as absolute gold um yeah yeah, you're sitting in a very very good spot and just to touch on this I, I feel this exact same way about Chet I, I don't, I mean, everybody says this just because of the weight thing. Like I am in no means comparing him to the best offensive basketball player on the planet and Kevin Durant, but I, I look at it in a very similar way where, I mean, Durant couldn't even lift the bar off of his chest and now look at him. Like, I, I think that, I think that Chet will be able to thrive. I think that exactly like you said, nobody guards, nobody's going to be able to stop and beat. Nobody's going to be able to stop Giannis. Why should Chet be have that on his shoulders right out of the gate. Like that, that's unreasonable. If that's who you guys end up with, I think he fits perfectly on the roster that you guys currently have. And yeah, I'm jealous, man. I I would hardly compared to our rebuild. I would hardly call this a rebuild because you actually have players that you can look at and be like, Oh, Josh Giddy, Unbelievable. Oh, Lou (laughs) Dort. Incredible. Oh, SGA. Like, I mean, I just remember looking at literally Alexi Shved and being like, oh man, like he can't even dribble. Like, will Dario oh, ever come over? Yeah, well, Dar- <laughs> exactly. So I- I'm jealous. Alexi Shved. Alexi Shved. So I- I'm not kidding. From I'm just jealous. I'm green with jealous rage, but I'm excited for you guys. I think you've got a very <laughs> bright future. And I'm with you. SGA got screwed and Giddy got screwed for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, first team all rookie. You know, would have liked to see that. Uh, but, you know, it's whatever. Giddy will yeah. be back. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, Ryan, my guy, let's chat some Sixers for a sec. I'm down. Where, similarly to Connor, what do you want to see from the Sixers this offseason? Obviously, we've got the Harden contract deal. Uh, I know he's got until the end of June to decide whether he's going to opt in or not. Are you on the side of let's trade Tobias? Did he show enough with Harden during the playoffs where you feel, okay, let's ride this thing out? Where do you see? What do you want to see? So, yeah, we'll start with Tobias. Um, so I think the issue with Tobias is I think the Sixers, as is, are good enough to, you know, win a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, I, obviously you probably want some more depth in there. But I think, like, our current starting five could be good enough. The issue is that Tobias is a fourth option and t- getting paid that much money is just not really a sustainable way of winning games. Yep. Yep. it's just like it really limits your team's like resources and depth because like i think every sixers fan can vouch there's no not one sixers fan that was you know blaming tobias harris for losing the in the playoffs you know yeah. everyone was like oh my gosh this guy's going crazy like yeah the, the amount of positivity i saw on the timeline surrounding tobias harris made me feel like i was in some other world like no kidding not feel, not feel <laughs> like the same team no kidding but i think the issue is not so much the fact of like 
is Tobias good enough? Because in his role as a third or even fourth score, because I would argue Maxi's probably about gonna, you know, probably overtake him in that aspect. I but I agree. You just I just think it we'd be better off somehow getting two or three mid-tier contracts for him. You know, if there's some team that's like, oh, we have like two or three guys locked up and we want to dump them and we'll take on one guy that's getting paid more. I mean, <laughs> I would say the Thunder if they had more big contracts, but I feel like Derek Favors isn't who the Sixers are looking at. Too much <laughs> yeah. The there, uh, yeah, no, ki- no kidding. Oh, real but fast, because like, real fast. I'm sorry to interrupt you just because I forgot. Connor, do you have ill feelings towards Al Horford for just not oh. sitting or what? What are your Horford thoughts? Because I have to know, you know, my thoughts on the guy. I can't stand him. In my opinion, I know what gonna say. in my opinion, an Al Horford Finals MVP would be great for basketball. I, <laughs> I, I love Al Horford. I, I am a huge Horford guy. To me, like he he was so good at OKC, like he had to sit because he was helping us win too much. You're right, um, he was. That's true. And it was. I just I really like the guy. I think it's his story's cool of going back to Boston, um, being able to. Uh, go from a guy that like a lot of people thought was washed and then an OKC kind of had an under the radar, really good year. Um, and he was just, I really liked him when he was here. Uh, I thought he was a great mentor to the guys. Uh, he was an integral part in the Dort game winner, which I've yeah, watched true. a million times. True. Um, so I just really like Horford. I think the way he handled everything here um, was really professional. And I am really excited for him that he's got a chance to win a ring. Um, so I know, I probably there's very different perspectives on Al Horford in this pod. <laughs> I can sense it. There are. Uh, yes. Yeah, I can I sense Horford based tension. But, <laughs> I was gonna uh, say Philly, Philly blinders off. The story of him going back to Boston is kind of cool. I, I'll give you. I agree. I agree with that. But man, I can't stand him. <laughs> or, or, well, or, or a sister. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Or a sister. Yeah. She somehow once a day while scrolling my feed, uh, a tweet of hers will pop up or. Yeah. Anyway, I can't stand her. Okay. Back to Sixers. I agree with you with the Tobias thing. I I love Tobias. Genuinely. I really do love him. I think that you nailed it. Him being the max contract guy, but being the fourth option, like that's not, that's not, that's not cool. Like you can't, you nailed it too. We need more depth, but having your fourth score, your fourth option with max money doesn't allow you to do that. So I agree with you there. What are your thoughts on the Harden situation? What do you think we do? So, I mean, I'm pretty confident he's going to opt in and bet on himself to have a better year because mm-hmm. I really don't think the market, I think really the market for him would just be Philly right now. I can't think of other teams like coming to him, looking to give him max money. So mm-hmm. I really think he just opts in because not only does that give him a chance to prove himself more, but then, you know, that sets him up for an even bigger super max. Cause I think the details are like, if, you know, if he has another year, gets all NBA, he can get up towards like $50 million when he's like 38 years old. So, I mean, crazy. I, I think that I think that's going to be his plan. I mean, he also said, you know, along the lines of I'll take less to help the team get better. I mean, what else is he going to say? I mean, You're right. he's not, he's not going to be like, no, I think I deserve every penny that uh, the Supermax that I've earned will allow me to get, you know. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so, I think I mean, I do feel like a year of him, you know, getting back. And he's said so many times about how he just wants a year to get into shape and, you know, yep. Not and have a whole chance to rehab. You know, there's all the injuries last year, Brooklyn, the whole Olympics. You know, there's just so much going on. So I really think he just wants, you know, a chance to just be himself. You know, I've, I know you've probably seen it because you're on Sixers Twitter, but all these videos of him and with trainers already, and he's already been yeah. back in the lab. So yep. I, I think it's pretty cool. And I mean, I think he's done a lot too for our young players. So 
I'm I'm cool with it. Running him back. I mean, I think you'd be stupid not to uh, at least yep. give it another shot. See, because you know what we saw from him this year, in my opinion, is the worst possible scenario. Like, I think it's it could only be better. I think yep. I don't think it'd be any worse than what we saw this year. You know, three point shooting was kind of eh. his playmaking was. I'd argue the best. You know, most of these guys have ever had in, as a teammate. Yeah. So. No, I, I completely agree. And Embiid even had that quote right after the first game playing with them. of like, I've never been this open in my life, which probably yeah. is a, sh- a little shot at Simmons. But I, oh, yeah. I, com- oh. I completely agree with you. I, I think that the fact that they we just got a little sample size of of Harden with Embiid. Um, I, I, I 100% agree. I'll be shocked if he doesn't opt in this year. But also just the the hopeful, optimistic Sixers fan in me really genuinely hopes that he would take less money, that he's at the point of his career where it's like, hey, I'll take less money if we can trade Tobias and trade some of these assets to go out and get like a legit third star so that Maxi is your fourth option. Like I, I genuinely believe that. Well, I don't believe, but I want to believe that that's something <laughs> that could happen. And we need depth. We absolutely need depth. I want to ask you about what what do you think we do? Do you think we move Matisse? Do you think I love Niang, but looking at him from what he was on the jazz, where he did exactly what he did for us, lights out from three, would go up and down. That's what you get for a shooter. Can't play defense, can't put the ball on the floor. And almost I essentially got played off the floor in the playoffs, which is exactly what happened to him in Utah. I love the guy, but he, I just think that there was too much thrown on him. I don't think that he thought he was going to have this big of a role and this big of an impact on this team as early as he did. I, what do you think we do with Matisse? What do you think we do with the bench? So I think one of the biggest issues is the Sixers have just been running out the same bench guys for what seems like a while. Like it's always, it's been fur. I mean, obviously we got Niang this year, but it's been Furcon, it's been yep. Shake, it's been Matisse. You know, this is, it's kind of been like the same guys going on and like, we've all expected all these guys to like take leaps. Like I remember Furcon started off last year and was like generationally shooting. He was like, he <laughs> was like 50 to 60% for three from like two weeks. And then he shot like 15% for like the next three yep. months or <laughs> yep. something awful. So I just think they just have to like look at these guys. And then another big issue I think too, is that the Sixers need to stop drafting these young players and just not playing them. You know Agreed. what I mean? It's just, like it's just wasted roster spots. Like I think a really good example of this is if you look at the Warriors bench, Think about every player on their bench would be a huge upgrade to the Sixers rotation. Like their 15th man would probably be like our 10th or 11th man at worst. Yep. I just, I just think that's like such a good example to look at. I think you absolutely nailed it. It, You can look at as much as I hate to give them props, but Boston's the exact same way in today's Mm -hmm. league. You have to draft right because of the whole cap situation. You've got your guys who have their max deals. And you have to draft right because there just simply aren't the free agents. I mean, their whole, that you their whole team is their whole bench. I mean, you have yeah, Nisbet got some minutes. Grant Williams is like arguably their best bench player. Yep. Um, I mean, Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench. I mean, their whole team is basically homegrown. Smart Tatum, Brant. Like these are all yep. these guys have been Celtics. Yep. So it's just yeah, it's frustrating as hell. But and then yeah, I was just gonna say real quick that the Sixers then they have like you know Charles Bassey who is like doomed to Delaware for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Paul, they decided to get the corpse of Deandre Jordan before giving Paul Reed minutes. And then you throw Paul Reed out there in the playoffs and like, yeah, go, def- go defend Pascal Siakam, you know, yep. go play some defense. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and, and then you have people like Paul Reed can't stop fouling. I'm like, well, maybe if he got some minutes in the regular, they got some minutes against some crap teams in the regular yep. season, you know, like it made yep. no sense to me why they waited to throw him to the fire until 
the playoffs. But it's just I think they just have to look themselves in the in, in the mirror and just be like, all right, who is Isaiah Joe part of the future? Is Paul Reed part of the future? Is Shake part of the future? So on and so forth. And then like you're saying about Niang, it's like I have no problem with Niang, but the issue is he was supposed he basically was treated as our sixth man, and that's yeah. just not who he is. He should be like a seventh or eighth guy. Yep. Come in and hit shots. And if you want someone better defensively, then you should have another power four on your roster. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think I think that's the issue. So I yeah. I think it's tough because like you said, we're money, we're kind of money locked. So in, in my honest opinion, I'd rather ship Tobias out and get two or three bad contracts and you know, at least you know, have more players. And then we also have to figure out what to do with Danny Green, because you know, he's out for the year. You're and right. He's making ten to twelve million dollars. So that's another thing that I think we'll have to probably attach an asset to him and move to get another guy making similar money. Yep, I completely agree. Which sad shout out to Danny Green, man. He yeah, that no, dude, one wants, no one wants him to leave. It's just no. It's yeah, it is what it is. And it was sad seeing him go out that way. Was, I would argue he was playing some of the best basketball, especially no. at shooting wise. And he was so awesome. It, yeah, he was awesome. Sucks to see him go out like that. But yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I it will be very the Sixers have some hurdles and, and some question marks to answer this offseason. I'm curious what they'll end up doing. I think we'll find out here pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Wanted to dive into this as well. I know I sent you guys a little list of questions. We'll kind of rapid fire these. Connor, what is the most pain you have felt as a Thunder fan? I know you said you're a Westbrook guy. Was it losing Westbrook or what, what is the most pain you felt? Um, how much time do you have? I don't think people have people truly understand the amount of pain that I've been through or that Thunder fans have been through within the last like like 10 years or so um like just like some stuff off the top of the head of course the dame shot that one was killer yeah um kevin durant leaving uh was a huge one uh after the 3-1 lead being blown in yeah. the same in like the span of a couple months um <laughs> of course russ ending up getting traded although that one didn't hurt that much because i kind of saw it coming yeah, uh, once, yeah. Paul, once Paul George got moved, that was another big one. I think that happened at like 2 a.m. And yeah, I was that about was to nuts. go to bed and it happened. I'm like, I don't I like I don't even know if I slept really that night. Um, <laughs> so there's that one. Um, Lou Dort getting blocked game seven by Harden. That one hurt a lot because um, that was a series that the whole time I kept telling people, I was like, all these people picking like Houston in five, Houston in six. And then we went down 2-0 and I was like, I still think the Thunder are going to take it. And we brought it all the way to seven. Um, Dort, of course, had that insane game seven and then just mm-hmm. losing it right at the end. Uh, that was one of my favorite Thunder seasons of all time. So um, that one definitely hurt a lot. I guess if I've got to pick one, it's probably Katie leaving. I think that was probably the one that that was probably like the biggest moment because once that happened, it was kind of like, yeah, like we're not going to be able to contend for a little while. Yeah, um, rightfully, rightfully so. When the best yeah, player and, in the whole NBA leaves your team, it's it's a gut punch, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, Especially so when he joins. Uh, who he yeah. joins. Oh, man. No it's, kidding. It's funny because uh, one of my roommates at uh, college or, well, I guess now that I'm graduated, one of my past roommates at college, um, he's one of my friends from here back home and he's a big Celtics fan. And it came down to the thunder, the Celtics and golden state at the end. And him and I were texting the night before. I'm like, honestly, man, like if he leaves and goes to Boston, like I'll live with it. Like it sucks, but like, as long as it's not golden state. And then, uh, that day, <laughs> like I remember, cause he was going to put it out in the, uh, players tribune. Yep. Um, and I got the notification for the article while I was like eating like breakfast or something that day. And I scrolled all the way to the bottom. Cause I figured, you know, I'd see it at the bottom 
because I was like, I can't read through this whole thing. Um, but I got to the bottom and it was him like thanking, like, he's like, thank you to all the people for my time in OKC, like this and that. I was like, oh my God, he left. And then I scrolled up and it said Warriors. And I was like, I'm going to go back to bed for a little bit. Um, it was. What wasn't, didn't that article come out like on the 4th of July too? Yep. 4th of July. And then later that day, Russ posted the picture of the cupcakes at 4th of July. Yep. Um, that's right. Yep. Man. Yeah. What a time. That bastard trying uh, to steal our nation's day away. I was about to say, man, he's such a de- attention diva, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, okay. Was... Your, your list is way longer than I had originally thought. I'm like, oh, Thunder fan can't be that bad. You, those are some rough. Uh, you've been through some stuff. That's that's a rough go. Yeah, man. And then there was the uh, that's the first year with Paul. Well, we got Paul George and Mello and I'm like, oh, my God, like this, like we're going to be back like this yep. we're back. And then rookie Donovan Mitchell put us on our ass. And, yeah. uh, we had, we had that one game where we came back, I think we we're done like 27 or something like that, um, to come back and like win. And then in the game that we ended up losing to close the series, like Paul George had that three point shot attempt that Rudy yep. Gobert fouled on that. They didn't call it. And <laughs> man, it was just, there's a lot of heartbreak in a short period of time. Um, that's, that's so. a tough go. Yeah. Shout out Donovan that, uh, that little playoff stretch he had his rookie year was, that was nice. Man, that was I, incredible. I'm still like mixed bag with him just because of the whole being in Utah and being a Sixers fan, like the whole rookie of the year thing. I had to go through some stuff and really that's what made the whole Simmons deal bad for me. Cause I'm like, dude, I went, you have no idea how much I just went to battle for him. So yeah, I'm, I'm still mixed bag on Donovan Mitchell, but I can at least give him a shout out. He balled out that rookie year. Yeah, a little too much for my taste, but yeah, you know, I'm sorry. That's all right. Didn't ball as much as Ben Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Or else he would have won rookie of the year. You're absolutely right. That was one of my um, first tweets. That was one of my first tweets when uh I think when Ben Simmons got traded, I tweeted I said Donovan Mitchell should have won rookie of the year. Yeah. You got right all along. <laughs> you, like you nailed it. I know. No it, it's been funny to kind of side with jazz fans now, be like, okay, like you guys kind of saw stuff before we all saw it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny. All right, Ryan, same question to you. What's the most pain you have felt as a Sixers fan? And Sim, very similarly, my list that I've got here is so outrageously long that I had to cut like 12 of them off. Yeah, so I'm going to go with two. One that I experienced on TV and the one I experienced in person. One I experienced on TV, one bounce, two yep. bounce, yep. ball game. Raptors mm-hmm. to the Raptors moving on. I mean, I was in my living room watching the game and I just stood there, you know, mouth open. I just did not know how to react. I was wearing my uh, MB jersey and I just, I just took it off and put it down onto the floor and just sat there in like a fetal position. I really did not know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. And that was before, that was like the season before I joined basketball Twitter. So I didn't really have anyone. I mean, I oh, you went, watch, you I went through that alone. Facebook. I did. I was not on Twitter yet. So. Oh, that man. that was I think that was the season before I joined. I joined that off season. So okay, okay. That one, uh, real real two fast two. before you dive into your second one, I just ha- yeah. I have to tell my Kawhi shot story. Yeah. So similarly, I I don't any stressful game. I do not handle it well. Like watching it with the crowd, I just want to be alone. So yeah. if I'm not if I'm not at the game, I I'm not fun to be around. And I was in my basement watching it all alone. And when Jimmy, when Kawhi missed that free throw and Jimmy got the rebound and went coast to coast and laid up, I'm like, okay, like we're the team of destiny. Like this is going to happen. And very similarly, the, the freaking magnets in the rim in Toronto made that shot go in. 
And I sat down. I just kind of like couldn't believe it. Stared at the TV for a bit. And then the anger struck in. I, I punched a hole in my wall, which I'm not oh, proud of. No, Josh, I know. I know. I am. <laughs> that's a funny thing. I'm not. I'm like this tiny little five, eight guy who has no anger in his whole body. And it was a it was a very weird moment. But yeah, I, I, I just had to tell my story. I'll never I don't think I'll ever get over that. And then was the fact hand, that the hand fact. Hand? Yeah. And then the fact that the Warriors get hurt and like that, that was our year. And I'll never get over that. Man. That that's tough. So I'm gonna say my 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 worst in person, and then I want to hear yours as well. Okay. So for me, it was not not too long ago. So Connor and I had a very spontaneous. I got offered a really good deal on tickets from one of my friends. Shout out Justin. He uh, one of his friends had season tickets, and they couldn't go to the game seven, uh, Hawk Sixers. Oh, so he man. offered me a second ticket for a pretty good price. I was like, you know, I can't pass it up. So Connor and I literally booked hotel, booked. Um, you know, got our tickets and drove up there that next day after game six, went to the game, experienced the insane heartbreak. And I had all these people text me like, after the Sixers win, are you trying to go party on Broad Street? You know, I'll get invited to all these bars and stuff. And I'm like, this is gonna be the night of my life. And it was the exact opposite. Walked out to F Ben Simmons chance. I saw probably five or six people rip up Ben Simmons jerseys. And it was just it was a pretty ugly sight. And then instead of partying on Broad Street all night, I went home. I went to my hotel and just sat there and just kind of existed. So yep. Dude, <laughs> it was that's, tough. Man. That's funny. That's your list because that, those are the two I whittled mine down to as well. I So I was lucky enough. I got to go to every one of the Hawks Sixers games, home and away. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. it was super fun. Uh, Atlanta's crowd is nuts. And yep. so th- those were fun. Losing in Atlanta is not fun. But very similarly, dude, that's the exact same feeling I had. I just absolutely couldn't believe it. And still, I, I, again, this is another one of those things that I'll never, ever, ever forget. And I'll take to my grave. If Simmons just simply doesn't pass it and we get past that round, none of this happens. And I honestly think Simmons is still on our team. Yeah, so, so who knows, like a couple of years down the road, if when we look back, maybe it'll be a good thing. Maybe it'll be a bad thing, but. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That that heartache and pain that I felt the whole drive home, the whole car was silent. It was about an hour uh, drive home, and not a word was said. Some some tears shed. It was it was a rough go, man. That was that was not fun. Yep, I'm That's, right there with you. Connor was there as a neutral fan, so I can't even imagine this man was just probably hanging out. <laughs> yeah, man. I, yeah. I had no, I had no. Well, obviously, I was rooting for the Sixers. You know, it's so that you could you know, have that happy moment. Um, but man, I, I really did not know what to say. I was kind of just observing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a weird one. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Te- I'll never forgive Kevin Herter. Never forgiven Kevin Herter. Me man, neither, dude. He, he started hooping, hooping. I was like, Oh bro, this is because uh, Ryan and uh, his friend, Justin had two tickets, like a little further back. So I was alone, like sitting a few rows up and mm-hmm. I was just like sitting next to these, like a few Philly fans. I didn't know. And like her to start going off. I'm like, and they were getting real nervous and I'm sitting there like, Oh God, like, yep, dude. I, so we sat, uh, me and my brother, um, we were out there for all of them and we sat right behind, uh, Quavo and dude was super cool. I'll give him that. But it was the most annoying thing in the world when freaking Bogdanovich or Herder or heaven forbid Trey young would hit a three 
and Quavo's just standing up, throwing up the the triple right in front of us, and they're just oh, hyped man. up together. It was brutal. That was that was the absolute worst. But I can't even imagine being there as just like a as just like kind of a bystander basketball fan. That would be a very weird atmosphere and environment to uh to see a game in. A lot of heartache. Yeah, that's that's brutal, man. Um, okay, well, let's jump on the other side real fast. We can end with this thing. What is the most joy that you have felt as a Thunder fan, Connor? The most joy I've felt. Um, I think um, there's there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, like winning the game to go up 3-1 on the Warriors was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that was awesome. Uh, what else do we got? The, uh, the, the immediate one when you say most joy that comes to mind is the Westbrook game winner against the Nuggets the night yeah. that he broke the triple-double record. That thing's um, pretty sweet that's that's probably for me the number one because russ has been my favorite player um he's my favorite player of all time guy who kind of got me into basketball and like really fell in love with it so to see him hit that have that historic moment after the kd thing the 3-1 lead the year before uh to set that record and that was kind of the moment where i'm like he's gonna win mvp like my favorite player is gonna win mvp um it's just kind of sick it's really cool um and so that's probably up there um yeah like i said going up three one um yeah those are kind of the ones that come to mind Man, uh, immediately ha- having your favorite player win the mvp would sure be cool yeah man yeah uh, maybe, maybe someday happened- y'all will get that one maybe someday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happened twice in my in my humble opinion. yep i agree <laughs> that yeah all right that that's pretty good i remember i was watching that game live when he hit that game winner that thing was that was so sweet. That season Russ had is uh, that's, I mean, obviously it's unmatched. That, that thing was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, it sounds fake, but I swear it happened on the day that Katie left. I, my dad and I were talking, he's like, Hey man, he's like, Hey, it's okay. Like, like obviously like Thunder still got Russ. Like I'm sure they will be fine. I'm like, it's all right. Russ is going to average a triple double this year. No, way. um, I, I, it sounds very fake. I swear. I you called your shot. It's fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people, yeah. they could say it's fake man but i swear i said it on that day maybe that was just the blind rust fan in me um just seeing red that uh katie had left and everything like that but i mean i called the shot so that's unreal yeah you babe ruth that thing you called it that's pretty sweet yeah man i wish i could have called a uh a first run series win over those rockets uh but unfortunately uh, you know andre roberson being our second most reliable offensive e- option yeah uh, yeah didn't go well yeah. but you know. dude what what is well i'm assuming he's not playing anymore but did injuries just kill his career yeah so um that's another like low-key heartbreaking moment i think actually we were playing y'all in um it was the year that um uh what year was it i think it was it was the year after mellow um but um it was, so it was like the paul george mvp ca- like candidacy year type yeah, yeah. thing uh-huh. uh but the Thunder with um, Andre Roberson healthy. Um, we had like it, one of the best records in the league when we had the starting lineup with Roberson healthy. And then he ends up tearing his ACL. I think it was against y'all um, in like just like a, a random regular season game towards the end of it. And after that, like things kind of just started to fall apart. Uh, and then he really kind of just never got back to being on the court very often and eventually kind of just fell out of the league, I guess. I know Sad. the Nets gave him an opportunity for a bit, but, um, 
Yeah, man. Roberson was so good because there were some games where for no reason he would just start hitting threes and (laughs) it would be the other team would be so insanely frustrated when he would start doing that. Uh, But one of like one of the best perimeter defenders I've ever watched play too. And it sucks that his career kind of got cut short because of that. Yeah, that is a bummer. I'd liked him. Dudes like that. I, I mean, I pray that's what Matisse can turn into. Um, we've seen glimpses, but yeah, that dude's shot needs to needs to improve to put just it slightly. slightly. Just slightly. <laughs> yeah, just slightly. Um, yeah, that's a uh, poor, poor Robeson. That's rough. Um, okay, Ryan, what is the most joy you felt as a Sixers fan? So I have a couple, so I'll go chronologically. Okay. So I have so one that I saw in person was I went to it was one actually two that I saw in person. First was uh Jimmy against Charlotte. I think it was one of his first games. Uh, I went down to Charlotte to watch that game. That was a game I think Kemba had either 50 or 60. Yo, and Jimmy hit the buzzer beater. You were there? Yeah, but I was I was there and I was I have the video it's somewhere like in the deep archives of my Facebook page because I had no other I don't think I did. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's the social media I posted on. But it's, I'll have to find that. I might tweet out at some point as a throwback, but I was we were probably like five, ten rows back. It was like one of the closest I've sat at a game ever. It was pretty sweet, but that is sweet. But it, it, was, it was so awesome. And there was like two or three other Sixers fans there sitting with me. So we were getting so hyped. So that was awesome. I also went to the game where it was um, the uh, – I went to Jimmy's first game back when he was on the Heat, and Josh Richardson had a master class. Yep, yep. <laughs> that was also freaking awesome. That was so much fun. And we I think we ended up winning by like 30 or 40 points that game. That was awesome. just so much fun. It just felt like we were trolling the whole game. I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> it was like straight out of a video game. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, so those were two top games I, were, I was at. And then I, I have I have the Harden trade down just because it was like this sense of euphoria. I just had, I've never really felt before. I, I was, agree. I, I was a, uh, so I, I was a teaching assistant for undergrads when I was doing my master's degree. And I was sitting there, we were in class and I've been keeping up with the rumors all day, you know, all, all the Brian Windhorse stuff that was going on. I was, pretty, I was pretty convinced on it. The deal zone or whatever yeah, he called it. So I, so I had Twitter up on half my screen. And then I had, we had this like anonymous question thing. So like if the professor's talking, a student has a question, they can ask it to me and I can, you know, present it to the class or whatever. And all my students knew that I was a big Sixers fan from when, like, when I introduced myself. So I saw the alert on Twitter and then I kid you not, I got absolute spammed with, Ryan Harden's a sixer. Oh my gosh. And I literally, I like, I just like, I, I whispered to the TA sitting next to me and I just said, I need to step out for a minute. And I, I just walked out of the building and was like, holy, you know, explicit. I was, I was, uh-huh. I was screaming. I just like, my heart was racing. And then I think I, uh, that class ended and then I started up a Twitter space immediately just so I could talk about it with somebody just cause I was going so crazy. But obviously we know we still need to see the results but just like that like my team made like one of the craziest moves in like recent basketball history i just think that's so cool especially with all all the ben simmons drama you know we were waiting for so long for a resolution to that so that was over with harden has been linked to philly since daryl morey came over so it was was just pretty cool to finally happen i could not possibly agree with you more that feeling the feeling there's no other way to describe it it's just this euphoric feeling of like i can't believe it actually happened and of course, Which, you know, I was happy, I was happy about sorry to interrupt, but I was happy about the the Butler and the Tobias trades too. Yeah, but just like the harder one just hit different, I think, because of the whole Ben looming over yes. you know that situation. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, it, it is. It's just it's hilarious to even think what winning it all would feel like. 
with how much joy just trading for a guy like that brings us. Mm -hmm. I don't even know, man. Every finals I watch, I see like the crowd that gathers outside of the stadium who's watching it all out there. All I just keep picturing is like the watch parties at Wells Fargo, just everyone going nuts. I would literally kill for that. And man, I mean, here's to a Sixers Thunder finals in the coming years. That'd be something. Yeah. Thunder and four. (laughs) (laughs) Harden, yeah, doesn't, want, Harden doesn't want to see Dort again. Harden doesn't yeah, Dort, want to see him. Dort, you're going to team up, and you're going to be so – Harden doesn't want to see Dort. <laughs> Amazing. I, I just have to say, I think the most joy I've felt as a Sixers fan – got a couple of them, and they're kind of funny. They, like, tied in with my family. So one of them is when we got the first pick. We all knew it was going to be Ben Simmons, but just that knowing that – we were going to get him was unbelievable. That was euphoric. When we traded up, I talked about this on the first episode, but when we traded up to get faults at one, I was so happy that I was similarly to you where you started like a Twitter space. I didn't know what to do. I was so pumped and being out in Utah. I'm like, I need to do something. So I tweeted out. I'm like, Hey, here's my Venmo request me. Like I'm buying everybody drinks. I was so happy. And I, I really wish I had Twitter at the time. Now, <laughs> yeah, for, for real, I remember just like dudes would Ven or would a Venmo request and be like twelve pack on you, like trust process, whatever. I was absolutely <laughs> thrilled. And then, honestly, I would say the most joy I felt is uh, we talked about earlier, but like going through the process years and just like being so terrible and finding like such joy and little wins to see where Embiid has like evolved to. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, man, that I, it sounds cheesy, but I think that's the most joy. Just, I, again, I think he should have won MVP last year, whatever. If he stays healthy, I legit think he wins it this year. I am biased, but I also think he should win it. But the fact that he's even in MVP talks when the first few years in his career, it's like, is the dude even going to play? Like, I would say that honestly, every season, every game, he does something where I'm like, I can't believe he's on our team. I can't believe he's even playing. I can't believe he's healthy. I I would say that that's the most joy I've felt as a Sixers fan is just seeing it from literally quite literally the bottom to where we are now is it? it's a cool feeling. I think that my favorite part about watching Joel Embiid, like you were saying, is you just watch him and you just laugh. You're like, there's no way in hell he should have just done what he did. Like, that was me, you know, when he, you know, this past year, like, that video of him mimicking, like, all those, like, MJ and Kobe moves. Mm-hmm. It's, that is just, it's so insane. And then, like, I also had written down that his game winner in the Raptors series. That was also so awesome. just because I think that kind of encapsulated what you were talking about, about how he had all this, like, stuff going against him. You know, is he even going to play all the foot surgeries? You know, his story about playing basketball late in, in his, um, you know, childhood growing up. And I just think it was so, it just like felt like it all came together. You know, the man's battling with one hand. Obviously, we didn't know he was going to get concussed in a couple games, but yeah. you know, he just, he just, you know, puts his heart and soul into it and just makes you feel like, dang, this man really cares about us. Like, you know, yeah. you have these players, you know, it's like the Kawhis and the ADs are going through some injuries. They're like, oh, I don't want to hurt myself. I, you know, I got contracts coming up. You know, I don't want to be here. You know, you know, screw that. I'm just going to sit. And Embiid's like, I have half a hand and half a face. Put me on that. <laughs> You're so exactly it's, right. It's, it's pretty cool to be a part of, I think. I agree. I don't. It's it's funny looking at uh, again. We're not here to bash Simmons, but I tweeted something about this. Like besides Iverson, it's hard to 
put your finger on a sixer who has embraced like what the city of Philadelphia is about more oh, than Embiid. And it's hard to find somebody who didn't do that more than Simmons, which is kind of sad, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Also shout out my guy, Brock Landy's. He's the one who created that, uh, that Twitter video with Embiid and like the Kobe and MJ where he looks like, Oh, it's it, it, so sweet. Yeah. Follow, you got it. Anybody who's hearing this throw, throw Brock a follow. Um, he, great he's, follow. yeah, he's a great follow, but yep. I completely agree. Okay. I lied. We're going to end on this one because I, no, I just want to know let's do it. what are the worst and best trades in franchise history. Connor, we'll start with you. You again, we know the Thunder have had a lot of them. I mean, I want to know. Do we need to go over the worst one? Yeah, (laughs) I think we all know. So you can briefly skim over it if you like. Uh, Man, the James Harden trades a weird one because that was really before I was like a fan fan. Yeah. Uh, But like, man, it's it's so tough because like hindsight is 2020, of course. Um, A lot of people blame Sam Presti for that. And sure, the return wasn't good. Uh, but it, he didn't even want to trade James Harden. It was ownership being cheap that ultimately, and of course, ownership being cheap probably cost us uh, a ring or two. Um, yeah. So, you know, not the greatest. Um, so that one, of course, is always going to be like the worst one. Um, and in terms of best trades, um, some ones that come to mind, like the, I mean, trading Paul George to the Clippers uh, for Shea, all those first round picks, uh, getting Gallinari back. Like that was such an incredible haul for Paul mm-hmm. George. Um, and like, we're already tr- like seeing some of like that pay off. Cause now we've got the 12th pick from them this year. Um, so we've already gotten like the 12th pick from them. Uh, we got Shea, of course, uh, Gallinari. We've got so many picks going forward. So there's all of that involved. So that one comes to mind uh, getting Chris Paul and four first round picks for Russ uh, and then Chris Paul flipping him for more assets is another big one. It's pretty um, unreal, man. If, if last year, like the Rockets pick had fallen to five and we ended up with uh, that pick in the top five, like that would have been like immediately one of like the, the best trades in recent history. Uh, yeah. But obviously a lot of that kind of, we're just waiting to see really what the return is. But the fact that already for Paul George, we got like Shea, uh, all these future first round picks and one of them's already picked 12. Uh, that one to me really shines um, up there. Yep. I agree. Yeah. You, you have, you've had so many to pick from <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like all of those though. Yeah. Um, and then one more, I want to shout out real quick is the fact that the thunder traded Serge Ibaka to the magic for Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis, who they then flipped into yeah. Paul George. That's on. Unbe- uh, that's so. Presty. That's some Presty <laughs> at his best, man. That's unbelievable, man. I still don't know why the Magic traded us both of those, like that draft pick <laughs> and Oladipo for Serge Ibaka. I don't know what they thought they were gonna do that season, um, but you know, we'll take those. Yeah, that's unreal. That's incredible. I'm sorry to make you talk about the worst, but I think your guys' best have hopefully knock on wood made up for it because that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, let's. I'm excited for, I think there's going to be some pretty big ones. Of course, having all those draft picks, you can't draft all those players. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a lot of big trades on the horizon and they've always come out of the blue. Uh, like, right. of course, the Paul, the Paul George trade, uh, both getting him and trading him away. Uh, the Carmelo Anthony trade. Um, You're right. Like, 
they always come out of the blue, man. So uh, one of these days, I'm just going to be like hanging out and all of a sudden Sam Presti is going to make a call and I'm going to see it on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> it's just a waiting game. Yep, you're right. Honestly, though, I, I fully expect and I think, I mean, Presti knows. Presti knows what he was doing when he got all those picks. He's he, He'll land a superstar. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. Um, all so. right, Ryan, let, let's hear yours. Worst and best. All right, so let's, we'll start with some positivity here, and then we'll, we'll end on a sour note because that's what the Sixers like to do at the end of the, the playoffs with me. I like so it. So we'll go with it. So for the best, I have a uh, Rocco and Dario for Jimmy. I think that was like insane fleece. Like, yep. I can't, like obviously they're both cool, solid role players, but like, like not no like draft capital or like no crazy you know stud players. Like I could not believe that was it. That so that that I think that was pretty cool. Uh, I still stand behind the Jay Rich for Seth Curry trade. I think that was. <laughs> yeah, what in the world? Yeah, that yeah. that is a that's an all timer. And then I have another best is just as in like thank goodness he was gone, but like uh, getting at least getting like you know the James Harden trade still has a lot of stuff that come to fruition, but you know just getting rid of Ben who was dead weight for a, a superstar player. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, that we were able to pull that off, you know, and look, that kind of goes back to the best trade just because of how I felt, you know, like we were talking about when it happened. So yep. obviously, you know, the, the, the results we're still waiting for, but you know, still pretty cool. I completely agree. Uh, yeah. I'm right there with you. I, I mean, th- we can obviously go back to like before any of us were even remotely a thought and be like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the Sixers got Will Chamberlain or. Yeah. That's, mean, that's the thing. I want to do more things that, you know, the people yep. that were listening could actually relate to. Cause you know, I was going through, I was like, Oh, I can talk about these guys. I was like, that's so stupid. Like, who- yep. I'm, I'm right there with you. Cause it, I, I would say that's like, okay, duh. Will Chamberlain, Moses Malone, obviously that's great. But, yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm right there with you on my list. That's exactly who I have is exactly Butler and Harden. I have the exact same thoughts. Um, okay. We got to end on this. What is the worst? And I think I know what you're going to say. So, I mean, clearly the Fultz and Tatum thing kind of sucks because in high and like, like you were saying back in the day, that was like a, such a good move. Theoretically, you know, getting, you know, a, mm-hmm. a point guard that was very different from Ben. And, you know, f- you watch Markel Fultz's Washington highlights and you're just like, who the hell? Did, what happened yep. to this guy? Like a different like, person. Like if, if you're a Sixers fan and you really just want to hate yourself for like 10 minutes, just look at Markel Fultz's Washington college highlights and, and you'll, you'll just you'll hate yourself. You know, if you really, you know, want to do so, that to yourself. So bad. So bad. But then I also have um, on here uh, Zaire Smith from Michael Bridges. I think yeah. that one. That one that really hurts, man. Especially you know with the whole circumstance surrounding him and how his mm-hmm. mom worked for the team. It's just like, dude. And then you look at him now, and it's like, what kind of player could the Sixers need? And it's like, you know, they could use a Michael Bridges type of player. Literally, <laughs> literally, literally him. Literally him. Like you could literally like if you had to pick a role player that makes like middle of the pack money, and you're like, you know, Michael Bridges, that'd be pretty cool. You know, he was on the team, and now. I mean, nothing against Zaire. Like, I think that if people that hate on Zaire Smith are pretty corny because, you know, he did go through a lot of crazy stuff, you know. But Yep. yep. Dude, he, he <laughs> literally – I don't know if details have, like, come out about this. He literally almost died. Yep, he did. And, and I, yeah, I'm right there with you. Who knows what he could have been, and I really, really feel bad for him because I feel like he – that's just some the most unlucky turn of events ever. Um, and some of the stuff is completely out of his control. That sucks, but – that was number one on my list is Bridges. Literally, I mean, you nailed it. Bridges is quite literally the exact player that we're missing. He is Matisse. He's everything that we pray Matisse can be. Yep. And I would, yeah, 
it, it's it's really sad to think about but i don't think there's any possible better or more fitting or on-brand way ever to end than on a sour note because we love or gluttons for punishment and we love it all as thunder and sixers fans i think we can all agree there's been a lot of sour notes to end on as of late so it yeah. seems pretty fitting yeah hey, thunder right. just got the second overall pick i'm doing yeah. all right over here man <laughs> yeah. until okay. y'all until y'all draft like jade and ivy number two or some crazy <laughs> all right all right let's calm down <laughs> oh i love it well guys thank you so much this has been awesome um i know i said it i haven't met you guys in person but legit feel like i'm i'm one of the brothers so thank you guys for jumping on here you guys are awesome if you're not following these guys already please do on twitter at three cone uh, with the underscore because some idiot has the the real one (laughs) And, and and at ninja bands on twitter uh for real you guys are awesome thanks so much no, thank you, man. Like I said, it's absolute, absolute, absolute honor to do it. And as soon as you told us, I was like, we are not hesitating. We are totally hopping on and talking some hoops with my guy, Josh. So that was, it was awesome. Thank you. Love it. Thanks guys. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Connor and Ryan, both great dudes. Again, give them a follow on Twitter. If you're not already, go ahead and give that's ball folks a follow as well on Instagram and Twitter at that's ball folks underscore going to be doing that. Allen Iverson signed ball giveaway. Things are happening. Things are popping. If you haven't subscribed and reviewed yet, please do so. Would love to hear back from you guys. Um, Follow me on my personal account, JoshReynolds24. And I look forward to chatting with you guys next week. That's ball, folks.